Welcome back to Two Sisters and a TV, the classic TV podcast, which remembers and celebrates all things and everything classic TV. Today, we're going to take a look back at one of my all-time favorite short-lived TV shows from the late 1970s, one that I rediscovered just a couple of weeks ago, thanks to YouTube. That TV show is called Detective School. Now, I'm sure a lot of you have never heard of it, don't remember it. That's because it's only on for 13 weeks. May its debut on July the 31st, 1979 on ABC. It was a part of that Tuesday night lineup. It was a summer replacement TV series like What's Happening had been three years earlier. And anything that was on Tuesday nights on ABC in the late 70s and early 80s definitely hit a golden spot. I mean, that was prime time in those days. If you were on a Tuesday night on ABC, you were guaranteed success. This happened also with Angie and the Ropers. They both were also on Tuesday nights and they too had big ratings. They're both in the top 10. Uh, We definitely will have to do episodes on both Angie and the Ropers. Um, at another time, I watched both of those as well, but uh, detective school definitely was garnering successful ratings in the beginning when it was on Tuesday nights. The problem was that that fall, because of the good ratings that the show had been receiving, they moved it over to Saturday nights at 8.30, 7.30 central, right after the Rovers. And that was the problem. That's when the problems came into being. But Detective School was on, as I said, 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central Time. Basically, the show was about an assortment of students who went to night school to learn basic detective skills, but they ended up getting involved in real criminal cases by accident. They're always getting in trouble, and they're always getting their inept private instructor, investigator, teacher, rather, into trouble along with them. The show was written, produced, and directed by uh, Jeff Harris and Bernie Kukoff, who were also the creators of Different Strokes. Now, the show included the following characters. James Gregory portrayed Nick Hannigan. He was the inept PI who also teaches the class. He's best known probably for being uh, on Barney Miller. He was inspector i didn't watch barney miller a whole lot um i think his last name was inspector luger i think i think that was it but he was the inspector on barney miller and so he of course portrayed nick hannigan nick very full of wisecracks and uh kind of times a little bit irritated with his students but he really liked them just the same didn't like them always getting into myth, into mishaps and getting into trouble and getting him mixed up in it. But he liked his students just the same, like I said. Then you had Douglas Foley, who portrayed Robert Redford. Robert. <laughs> I completely forgot all about this. He was an elderly student and he just happened to have the same name as the actor. So there were lots of Robert Redford jokes, at, you know, aimed at him because, of course, in the 70s, Robert Redford, one of the big heartthrobs of the day. And, of course, we could definitely understand why. Very good looking guy. He doesn't look too bad now in his 80s. 
So, uh, yeah, there were lots of cracks in regards to the fact that he just happened to be named Robert Redford. Now, Randolph Mantooth, who had been on emergency for five years, portrayed salesman Eddie Dawkins. Now, he was one of my favorites. Eddie was kind of like the leader in a way. I was making wisecracks and he was always, you know, he was just my favorite, just the way he carried himself. Definitely my favorite on the show. And then you had the really pretty Maggie Ferguson portrayed by Melinda Notch. She was a lingerie model. Now, here's the thing that I completely forgot about. Um, Melinda Nod or Maggie was not on the show in the very beginning. Instead, you had Teresa, who was on the show. Teresa Cleary. I don't remember Teresa. Teresa was portrayed by Joanne Harris. She was known as Sexy Teresa, but I just do not remember her. I looked up Detective School, saw a picture of Teresa. I just cannot remember her. The one that I remember, the sexy one on the show that I remember was Maggie. Maggie, too, one of my favorites. Would not have been surprised to see Eddie and Maggie had the show lasted longer. Would not have been surprised at all to see, to see the two of them hook up. They had a really good chemistry and they would have been a very good looking couple. I definitely could have seen that happening. And then you had LaWanda Page. Yes, Aunt Esther from Sanford and Son. She portrayed Charlene Jenkins. Charlene was a housewife. She's very loud, very outspoken. She had a hand-packed husband. And, you know, she always had lots of jokes. She was, you know, really funny. Another one of my favorites on on detective school. She always had something funny to say. And it was just funny, the fact that Charlene didn't want to be a housewife solely anymore. She wanted to go out and learn how to be a detective. And she always had something like said really funny and crazy to say. So she, too, another one of my favorites on the show. And then you had Taylor Negron, who portrayed the disco dancing Silvio Galindez. As I said, he was big into disco dancing. And like I said, you know, he was, you know, a really sweet guy. Um, and just like I said, another really good addition to the group. And then you had Leo Frick, portrayed by Pat Proft. He was the door-to-door salesman who decided that he wanted to do something different. He wanted to learn how to be a detective. So it's kind of funny that they all had different jobs, all had other careers, most of them, except for, I don't know what Robert Redford did. I think Robert Redford was retired. But everyone else had careers already. They already had jobs, but they wanted to learn how to be detectives just the same. So that was kind of funny, which back in those days, career changes were not as accepted as they are now. These days, you make a career change at 60 years old, and, you know, you're applauded for that, as you should be. But in those days, to go out and want to do something different with your career, or you want to go out and just, you know, become a detective um, in middle age, like Charlene, for instance, it kind of, you know, was something that people were pretty wary of. But uh, these guys were absolutely hilarious. The show was really funny. I really, really liked it. And as I said, it was initially slated to be a summer replacement series, which it was for the first four weeks. And like I said, the ratings were really good. They all attended the Hannigan Detective School, an agency named after, of course, Nick Hannigan. 
And uh, the funny thing about it, or what the thing that made it really unique, was that whenever a mystery was solved, and the mysteries were always solved before the episode was over, the studio audience would always applaud. So that was something that was really kind of different. There would always be this really positive reaction, really um, appreciative, if you will, reaction from the audience when the mystery was solved, which it always was. But uh, like I said, Detective School was doing very well in the ratings, was on Tuesday nights. And like I said, as a result of the ratings doing so well, the network decided, well, since Detective School was really thriving on Tuesday nights, we're going to go ahead and move it to Saturday nights after the Ropers and before Love Boat. Definitely a bad idea because I've said this before talking about Three's Company. As long as the Ropers was following Three's Company on Tuesday nights, it was in the top 10. I think it finished the 1978-79 season at like number 8 in the ratings. It was definitely in the top 10. But the Ropers was not strong enough to be a lead in for Saturday night or any night for that matter. It just was not that strong of a show. It definitely needed to follow a really strong, strong show like Three's Company. Which was also, you know, before Three's Company, you had Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley. So you had three really, really strong, solid shows in the top five. And so the Ropers following those shows guaranteed its success. But it was just not a good idea to place it on any night of the week on the schedule with it being the lead-in show. Lead-in shows have to be strong. And I think that's still the case when it comes to primetime TV. I don't watch a lot of it these days. But from what I have heard that's on the air, the lead-in shows are still really strong. Like I watch um, The Neighborhood over on CBS. That show, very strong. Very solid lead-in on Monday nights. Great lead-in show for that night. And uh, so you have to be careful with that. You know, I mean, if you look at TV down through the years, the history of it, for example, you had Friends on NBC in the 90s. It was a lead-in show. The Cosby Show, lead-in show in the 80s and the early 90s. You had The Dukes of Hazard. Well, no, The Incredible Hulk was the lead-in show. Well, here's the thing. Where I lived, The Dukes of Hazard came on first. I don't know why they did this. Not that it mattered, because it did not matter to me at all. But in most places, The Incredible Hulk came on first on Friday nights. And then you had The Dukes of Hazzard, followed by Dallas. Well, where I lived, The Dukes of Hazzard came on first. The Incredible Hulk was in the middle. And then Dallas followed it. But again, The Incredible Hulk, another good lead-in TV show. The Facts of Life was a lead-in show in its final two seasons over on NBC. Followed by 227, The Golden Girls, and Amen, and Hunter. So you have to be very careful about what your lead-in show is going to be. And so the type of school following the Ropers definitely was going to be problematic. And as an eight-year-old kid, I knew that because I have always followed TV. TV has really been in my blood for as long as I can remember. Um, so, you know, I knew that this was going to be a bad idea. When I saw the TV guide and I saw that they were moving the ropers and then detective school, I said, oh no, 
particularly about detective school because I liked it more than I did the Ropers, to be honest. The Ropers was fine, but I liked them better on Three's Company. Detective School, I was a big, big fan of, and really I wanted to see that show succeed and be on for a while, and when I saw that it was going to be following the Ropers, I just knew that it was not going to be on much longer, and unfortunately, I was right, because the Ropers did happen to make it until the spring of 1980. I think its last episode aired that May of 1980. But Detective School didn't even make it out of 1979, unfortunately. The ratings dropped so fast for them. And I guess because the Ropers did have the benefit of having been from Three's Company that worked to their advantage, Detective School was brand new, didn't have any kind of lineage with another hit TV show, was completely standing on its own, a standalone type show. And so it didn't have that to fall back on. And unfortunately, it came to an end in November of 1979, the last episode airing on November the 24th, 1979. I was so disappointed, to say the least, when Detective School came to an end. I knew it was happening, but at the same time, I was so disappointed to see it end. Because like I said, I liked everyone on this show, but I particularly loved Eddie, Maggie, and Charlene. Wanted to see them become detectives, wanted to see where they would all end up, wanted to hear more of the Robert Redford jokes, and, uh, you know, just wanted to see what was what else was going to happen next for them. Um, they were known by Nick Hannigan as aspiring gumshoes. That was his name for them. And I want to see what was coming next for these aspiring gumshoes. But unfortunately, that did not happen. Now, if you've never seen Detective School or you have not seen it at all, there is an episode on YouTube. It's, I think, the third to the last episode. I cannot remember the name, but I didn't write it down, unfortunately. But I went over to YouTube in preparation for this episode to see were there any episodes over there. I figured the opening was over there, which there's the opening, the theme song is is over there, like about a couple of times. But I went to go see were there any episodes of Detective School. And when I saw that there was one, I dropped everything to watch it. I stopped everything I was doing to watch that episode because I had not seen Detective School since 1979. And it was a lot of fun to see those crazy characters again after all of these years. And by the way, it seemed like Robert Redford and Charlene were always going back and forth. They always had some, not a hostile banter between them, but they always kind of nitpicked one another and kind of, you know, put each other down in an affectionate way. Kind of like that Aunt Esther Fred type of banter on Sanford. I think that's why they probably created it that way. Because LaWanna Page always was known for being on Esther. No matter what she did in regard to her career, she was forever known as being on Esther. That was a very um, unforgettable role that she played. And I think that's why they wrote it the way where they had she going and having that same type of banter with Robert Redford for it to be reminiscent, reminiscent of <laughs> Fred and Aunt Esther. 
But hey, that episode is all over on YouTube. As I said, the quality is not that great, but you know, it's good enough for to, to where you can, you know, you can see it, you can see the characters, you can check it out for yourself, or you can watch it again like I did after all of these years. But um, just had to do an episode about my de- beloved detective school. There were so many short-lived TV shows from the 70s and the 80s that I particularly have enjoyed watching. We've done several episodes about them on this podcast, and there are others to come. And it's just amazing to me that I like so many, have always liked so many short-lived TV shows more than those that were on for years and years and years. Just another one of the things about me that makes me a little bit different from everybody else. But uh, yes, go and check out that episode if you like over on YouTube and so you can see what you think for yourself. But this will conclude this episode of Two of TV as I took a look back at Detective School. This episode by myself, um, my sister has been pretty busy, so I went ahead and got this one together on my own. And uh, actually, I need to introduce the show to her, sooner the episode. I have a feeling that she um, will definitely will get a kick out of seeing LaWanda Page, that's for sure. So I think that she would like this show, though. I have a feeling that she would like it, so I'll have to send the episode over to her so she can watch it for herself. But I got this episode together on my own pretty quickly. Um, I did a lot of digging around for information about it, you know, on you not well, yeah, on YouTube. People over there were commenting they'd forgotten about the show, but they remembered watching it. Um, some people had never seen it before, and of course, I went and you know looked at went over to Wikipedia, went to the Internet Movie Database, and went to Google, and you know did some digging. Not a whole lot out there about it, but enough to help me to get this episode together. Thankfully. And speaking of thankfully, I am very thankful that you all have joined us today for this episode. Don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. And if you've not begun to do so already, hit that follow button and follow this podcast. You can stay in the loop with every episode that we bring to you. We'll have another one coming up next week. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your time. And we will see you on the next episode.